It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. Racing. Winning the start west on Augie. Beginning quickly was Dinah Harper. Black Opium drives with My Redeemer. On to the first turn, it's My Redeemer and Black Opium going together with West on Augie. Right behind them, she's gifted. Four lengths away, Notorious Mac. Then Dinah Harper poked a bear to Garney. Last, they run off the back. My Redeemer in front, leading by two. Black Opium sticking on in second placing. Third, she's gifted. Then West on Augie. My Redeemer swung for home in front. Three clear of Black Opium and My Redeemer won the cup. Beat Black Opium, she's gifted. West on Augie ran in fourth. Then the quartet that trail that found trouble early. Degani further astern to poke the bear. In wing company with them was Notorious Mac. The time for the cup was 29 and 39. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Off the Leash. Trent Mason out with you, joined by Molly Haynes and Andrew Copley. And Guys, we open up with the Tab Melbourne Cup on Friday night. Horrendous conditions. Well, they improved throughout the night, but uh, the racing on the track was electric and none better performance than my Redeemer off the red. What a great win for David Geel. And Molly, as I throw to you, it would be fair to say he was absolutely gobsmacked after the win. He sure was. Look, he was jumping up and down the track. It was it was great to see. And I think what I really loved about... I mean, I would have loved anyone to win this Melbourne Cup, but I think what I loved about David Gill and Rose winning this Cup was the fact that they just took the whole Melbourne Cup ride along with them, that every time we put a microphone in front of them or we spoke to them or we asked of their time, they were just so willing to get in and experience the Melbourne Cup and all it has to offer. So it was really, really great to see, see him win and... Maradima, what a dog. I mean, box one, it, it certainly helped him. And I think he was, you know, he really, really deserved to win the cup with the performance he put in. Andrew, box draws are so important, particularly in these big race finals. And it's probably fair to say the box perhaps won him the race. We saw Black Opium tried to cross him and then he just kept her out going around that first turn. And once he found the front, there's not really any dog in Australia that can run him down. No, that's right. Neck and neck with Black Opium early. She entered the race with seven starts for seven wins and was in red hot form. But, yeah, uh, he just hunted up on the rail and it was uh, a stark contrast to 12 months earlier when uh, David Gill had My Redeemer's half-sister uphill Jill in the Melbourne Cup. She led that race from box five and uh, just couldn't quite clear the pack going around the first bend, ended up finishing last. So David and Rose have gone from last in the Melbourne Cup to first in the Melbourne Cup and what a difference it makes. $435,000 in the kicker takes My Redeemer's prize money up to 648000 He's now on the... Uh, 13th on the all-time prize money list wow. here in Australia. And Molly, what a week for David and Rose Gill. They retire their star uphill Jill and then they come out and win a Tab Melbourne Cup. So um, it's not bad going. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And I suppose the, the two are related as well. They've mm. done everything with these pups. And I think it was a really special one for the owners too. Now their names actually do slip my mind. But David had said in a post-race interview with me that one of the owners has um, pancreatitis. Yeah, I think her name's Kerry. Yeah, Kerry. Yep. And um, he said that, you know, she's, uh, you know, it'd get you down in the dumps. Mm. And he said that this dog has just you know really given her another reason to kind of step up and shine and it's great to hear stories of you know how much these dogs mean to people and I think although really sad circumstances it was great to see everyone with a smile on their face after this one yeah absolutely and uh, the dog has certainly given her a lift and she was on course on Friday night so great story there and well done to the all the connections and David Gill walking the dog through the crowd uh, <laughs> after the race you know along the along the straight there for all the fans down the bottom and then upstairs as well that is great promotion for the sport. Oh, it is. That's what David's all about. Um, Molly touched it 
beautifully. David is up for anything. He understands promotion of the sport. Whenever there's an opportunity to get involved with a celebrity and things like that, David's put his hand up and he doesn't care if it costs him money. He'll just do whatever it takes. He'll travel wherever he has to for a photo shoot. He's just an unbelievable ambassador for the sport. But the surprise for me out of Friday night was my redeemer paying $4.60. Yeah. <laughs> $3.30 he was earlier in the week. And for some reason, punters jumped off him. four sixty off Box one is extraordinary odds. Molly, I can read the play here. I think there's one of us in this room that tipped my redeemer to win, and I think it was Andrew, so he's just set that up beautifully. A nice little half folly to clip yeah. away to the boundary, so well, well done to you. Thanks, mate. I do have a confession. I did jump on to poke the bear just before the race, so <laughs> lucky I don't bet. Uh, speaking of the beat, beaten brigade, poke the bear had absolutely no luck. It was run off the track by Dinah Harper, but... Black Opium, as you know, I'm in absolute love with her, and uh, my confidence hasn't been jaded by that performance. Gee, she was so good in a big race final, and we've never seen her really have the pressure on and have to chase a star dog. She's always been out in front. She couldn't, she didn't get it, get it all her own way on Friday night, but gee, she chased hard. You would think it's only a matter of time before Black Opium wins a big race. Uh, you know, to do that, such tough conditions, so much noise. We've mm. seen many great dogs uh, not performed their best on the big night. Fernando Bale comes to mind. Yeah. He missed yeah. the start. He, he was uncanny for just getting the start and nailing it. But that extra noise couldn't hear the lure. Um, you know, there's so much going on. But Black Opium, huge future. And Molly, you wanted to make mention of James Vandermart's Phantom Call. I had a look at this on Facebook, actually, on, on Sunday after the event. I wish I had seen it beforehand because he actually tipped the winner. But uh, no, it's good stuff from Jimmy. Yeah, do you know what? He didn't just tip the winner. He, pre he pretty much called it as though he'd seen the race before. It was an, a magnificent effort. I think the only thing, um, Poke the Bear stuffed him up a little bit. Um, I don't exactly remember where Poke the Bear finished up in his call, but it's a huge effort by James. He puts a lot of, you know, a lot of work into these phantom calls, and it's great to see him get so close, and hopefully a few more people will get behind him for his next phantom call or preview. And he uh, he went from Sandown Park on Friday night to being a winning owner on uh, Sunday at Heels with a, with a nice little winner there as well. So well done to... Uh, to James and his partner, Chloe. All right, let's move on. That was the Tab Melbourne Cup. What a sensational uh, renewal for 2018. The Bold Trees was the other group one on the card, and uh, Barkali was the winner there for Robbie Britton. Geez, uh, not bad, Robbie Britton. Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam just uh, go off the scene due to injury, and then Barkali steps up. He's got the three best days in the land. He's going well, isn't he, Robbie? He really takes uh, training stays by storm lately. I mean, there's been eight Group 1 staying events around Australia so far in 2018. Robbie's won seven of them. Wow, that's <laughs> extraordinary. That's a combination of Fanta Bale, Tornado Tears, Rip and Sam, and now Barkali. So he's yeah. sharing the love. And, of course, uh, as you mentioned, a chance to step out of the shadows of Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam. I thought he was a little bit further back than I expected him to be in the run. And Black Impala, geez, and he going well and, and stepped up to the distance, has done so well the last couple of starts. He really made Barkali earn the win. But you could just see him poking through along the back, Barkali picking his way through the field, and you knew he was going to be strong late. And he, uh, he nailed Black Impala on the line. It was a really good race, Molly. Oh, it was a huge race. It was a massive performance. I spoke to Noel, his owner, Breeder, um, following the race just to gauge his reaction of, of it all and he was just in awe. I think he was so proud to do it for Warnable and we'll hear later on when we talk, when we um, we have our special guests on, but it was it was a win for Warnable. It wasn't just a win for Robbie or Noel himself. It was a win for the Warnable community. Bold Therese was such a, a strong dog in, in the community of Warnable and I think the run was massive. The the Warnable crowd were massive there on um, Friday night. So it was it was a really really special win for for everyone involved. 
Well, that was the Tab Melbourne Cup on Friday night. Time to look forward now, and the action doesn't stop. We go to Ballarat this weekend. We've got uh, heats of the group to Ballarat Cup, the Volkswagen Ballarat Cup on Saturday night, Andrew, and some uh, already some strong nominations. There are, Trent, nominations uh, set to close today. So we'll have those fields out this afternoon, but I can see the likes of Baruga Brett, who ran that breathtaking run at Sandown a couple of weeks ago, clocking 29.08. He's engaged there. Beast Unleashed, Blue Striker, Dinah Hunter, who was the fastest Geelong heat, heat winner before getting scratched from the final. Cuda Mayhem, of course, third in the Melbourne Cup last year, also won the Hillsfield Cup. And another one to look out for is Zoom Out, who uh, is so close to capturing her first group when she seems destined to win a country cup. Was beaten by Striker Light in the Warnable Cup back in May, but this could be her time. Yeah, and she absolutely loves Ballarat, I have to say. She won the Little Dicky Oats, I believe it was called, mm. at Ballarat as well. And she's pretty much a local down there, even though she's trained in is Avalon or, or Lara. But that area anyway, so only an hour to Ballarat-ish. Um, and I, I really think she's going to be a huge show in these heats. So it'll be really interesting to see um, who else gets, um, who else is nominated and, and the box draws. I think they're always a huge, huge part in um, how the race is going to play. Kuda Mayhem, Italian Plastic, Shadale's there. Zoom out. Uh, plenty of names already among the nomination big names. So it's going to be a great night at Ballarat on Saturday night as the Shepparton and Adoption Day uh, will be. Molly, it's finally here. Yes, Sunday, December 2. So this Sunday, Shepparton will host their first Greyhound Adoption Day. It'll run from 11am to 1pm. I'm not sure how many Greyhounds are going to be in attendance. Gap have not got back to us as of yet, but it's just $75 to adopt a Greyhound from Gap, and that means they're temperament tested, which means they don't have to wear a muzzle, so they've got their green collar on, they're fully vaccinated, they're de-sexed, their teeth have been done, which is always a huge, Very huge cost. <laughs> um, and, you know, like always for these reg- uh, for these adoption days, registrations are essential, so make sure you go to gap.grv.org.au. But, Andrew, I've always said that Gap owners are our best form of advertising. When you have a greyhound yourself, you know how special they are. And I believe you've got a very special greyhound who's hit a bit of a milestone recently. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, Molly. So last month, my pet greyhound, Fred Bassett, who used to race for Hamish and Andy going back about 10 years ago now, uh, he turned 14. So, Gee, that's a good effort, 14. 14 (laughs) years old, yeah, still going reasonably strong. The walks to the park are a little bit slower, (laughs) but uh, they're more frequent, two or three times a day now, which he absolutely loves. And he... He's going well, and um, look, I think it comes down to a healthy diet and plenty of love and attention. But uh, Rose Streetfield, a colleague of ours at Greyhound Race of Victoria, wrote a little story, and we put a call out to uh, our followers on the Greyhound Adoption Program Facebook page as to who is the oldest greyhound in Victoria at the moment. There were a few around the 14 mark that we've discovered so far, but I was surprised to hear that there was one that might have passed away a year or two ago that lived to 17 years of age. I have not heard of that before. So I'd heard of 16, a greyhound in Western Australia, but a 17-year-old, that's just uh, pretty amazing, I, I reckon. That is not. I hope that I get 16 or 17 years out of my old dogs at home, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just beautiful dogs, sleep most of the day, they're uh, very easy going and um, very low maintenance. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Racing, Boltrice jumped only fairly, winning the start towards the outside was Blade Action, it's showing good pace, it's going to get across and lead early, Boltrice will settle down last. 
and the leader blade action by two length into second strong colour then Chantilly miss around the outside further back in the field to Snowtastic out very wide smart choice then high intensity Boltrice is back equal last with Star Dreamer but out of the straight and blade action the one to catch he led by three into the back Chantilly miss was second then strong colour a length and a half then to smart choice back on the inside high intensity then Snowtastic Boltrice starting to wind up but he's eight off the lead and last of all was Star Dreamer blade action still in front by two lengths in second spot Chantilly miss here's Boltrice the Jam. He'll do it. Bull trees. What a great dog. He wins the length. Our special guest today is Greyhound racing legend Norm McCullough. Norm trained the immortal Bull trees who won four consecutive Sandown Cups from 86 to 89. And at Friday night's Tab Melbourne Cup meeting at Sandown, Norm was on hand to present the trophy to the winner of the Group 1 Bull trees. Norm, welcome. It's great to have you on our show. Thanks, Greg. Every year you have the pleasure of presenting the Bold Trees Trophy to the winner on Melbourne Cup night, Norm, and I imagine on Friday night it would have been particularly special for you given that the winner, Barkali, was bred in Warrnambool, which is not only your hometown but also the hometown of the great Bold Trees. Yes, no, it was something special. All right. It's nice to see the locals bring a Group 1 home like that, especially uh, for the Mugglin family. They've been in it for quite a while now, and uh, uh, very good to see the locals win, and I think they were very pleased to win that race. Norm, it's Molly here. I can tell you on course they were very, very pleased to win that, that race. Now, Bacali, who, like we mentioned, was bred by Noel Mugovan, he ran a sensational race to come from behind and beat Black in Parlour on Friday night. I imagine you would have been following his career fairly closely and would have been delighted that he won his first Group 1. Yes, Molly, I, I generally follow the uh, local dogs when they go to town. And Bacali was one of them, and Lightning Frank as well, those dogs that win their group races. You know, it's um, it's good to see it happen. They generally keep in touch and try and uh, keep an eye on them. Yeah, the Warnable community really seemed to get behind their greyhounds, which is fantastic. But we look at greyhound racing today, and greyhounds that race for any more than two years, yet the Bold Therese, man- Bold Therese I should say, managed to win the Sandown Cup, Australia's premier staying event four years in a row, winning his last Sandown Cup at the age of five. Can you can you explain how this happened, Norm? <laughs> well, he was five and a half, and actually I saddled him up for the, the fifth one. He only got beat a nose in the semi to qualify, and uh, I was a little bit much to expect, I suppose. But I know he was a very easy dog to handle. He, um, you know, we very... Very rarely trial him. It was just hand slips and a lot of beach work, and he, he loves swimming, swimming behind the boat and a fair bit of walking. Though he's very easy to handle. Though he knew what it was all about. Now, Bold Therese won over a hundred thousand dollars in prize money, which back then was an Australian record. Can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of his of his career and tell us what made him so special? Well, as I say, like you're very easy to handle and. Uh, uh, well, well, them days, you know, there was no set race, distance races like they have now. You get a dog ready now, you know, the race is on. But, you know, at a different time, we'd go six weeks without a start because there wasn't enough entries and that sort of thing. And you sort of had to be ready all the time to uh, just in case you got a start. But, uh, no, very easy to handle and great temperament. But, uh, he lost, probably lost eight or nine months. He had... Uh, a couple of broken hocks that healed up pretty quick. So, uh, you know, he done a good job for what he what he what he done anyway. Norm, it's Andrew here. He was certainly one of the hardest chases that uh, probably of all time. You'd have to suggest he came from last in that 
uh, in that edition of the Sandan Cup, and certainly in at least one or two others came from well back in the field as well. But just looking at Warnable today, um, that region just seems to have really spiked in the last couple of years uh, after probably having a bit of a flat spot compared to the 1980s and 90s. You mentioned Lightning Frank for Matthew Wright, just had a wonderful career, two Group 1s. Noel Mugavan, we've spoken about Brett plenty of group class dogs including Bar Carly and Benali. Ray and Dustin Drew they've got a successful Greyhound education service and of course Hall of Fame inductee Barry Smith continues to breed plenty of winners with his Mapunga Greyhounds. It must just warm your heart to know that things are going so well once again in Warnable. Is it the strongest uh, contingent of, of um, Warnable dogs and trainers that, that um, we've ever had at the moment? Yeah, without a doubt. <coughs> Years ago Warnable was noted for producing pretty well-bred dogs, you know, the, the Lennons and, um, of course, Barry Smith, um, uh, you know. And but now we're back in, uh, back on top. I'd say, like as I say, with Barry Smith and Brian Lennon, and, and uh, we've got our own break-in track, breaking-in track and trial track now. Peter Burns, he's doing a great job out there, getting a lot of dogs to break in. And uh, not so much travelling for us fellas to get our dogs broke in. So, no, we're back on top. It's um, No, they're going pretty good. Well, a strong and, As you say, uh, uh, Ryan Dustin Drew, they've got a few handy dogs running around. Matthew Wright. Um, and the Mugmans, like the Mugmans, are very high up in the breeding. No, it's, uh, no they, they produce some good dogs here in the... It's it's really great to see. I think the whole of Victoria really enjoys seeing the Warnable Greyhounds go well. Such a remote town, but um, just doing really well. And I suppose another uh, boost for the for the locals has been the renovation of the track earlier this year. Have you had much to do with the uh, the newly refurbed Warnable Race Track? Yeah, it looks absolutely terrific. Craig and Fiona have done a done a great job there, and they sort of formed a sort of a subcommittee which they're going along pretty well, doing the right thing. And uh, I'd say possibly it's the best facilities and safest track in country Victoria at the moment. Uh, and the crowds are up. We've had real good attendance in the last month or two since it, we've been back on track. It's been very good. How's the famous Bold Trees Bar going, Norm? I hope they didn't knock that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've still got the Bold Trees Bar there. Uh, there's one at Sandown, and of course it, it, the one at Warnable is very impressive. We not, might know, need to be, build out, um, bring out some Bold Trees um, um, beer cans like they did for Winks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they did once. They did have a, a bottle of the port with did them they? on a chair. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's very good. It's um, very humbling actually to be. Uh, still thought of the way the dog has been like you wouldn't have thought after all that news 35 40 years that people would still talk about him i, I think it was um 89 when his last one it was 86 87 88 and 89 long time ago and the memories uh remain now normie 78 years of age you are you continue yeah. to breed and train greyhounds and having a bit of success recently i believe tell us how the kennel's traveling how many dogs you got and uh, uh how, how's the yeah. form yeah, we've got four or five in work there, and I've got a couple of litters of pups coming along. They they look all right, but sometimes looks don't mean everything, you know. But uh, no, we're having a bit of luck at the present time, anyway. You got some runners in this week, I believe, Norm, in a final. Got a couple in a final this week, yeah. Um, at Warnable. Yeah, yeah, need a half an ounce of luck, but 
you know, luck's a big thing. That's Thursday night. Uh, they go all right, but I mean, you know, there's no... You'd have a bit of luck these days. Can you leave us with a winner? Uh, I've got two in the one race in the final, and uh, there's only half a length between them, so I'd say whichever one begins will go the best. But there is a cup. Robbie Britton's got one in there that goes pretty well out of box five. But, um, uh, hey, Norm, I'm glad you mentioned Rob Britton. Just one final one from me. Uh, Bold Trees obviously dominated the staying ranks in the late uh, 80s. Tornado Tears and Fanabale are two of the best we've seen in recent times. What do you make of them, and how do you think uh, your bloke would have gone against these two stars? Oh, well, things have changed a bit now. Like, uh, tracks have got a lot quicker, and I think the dogs are a lot fitter. Um, I don't think you could have afforded to give them sort of dogs too big a start. You'd, you'd never run them down. But, uh, no, they were, they were very good dogs. It's... Um, Pretty hard to compare these days, you know, with one dog against another. But uh, oh, he'd been pretty, he'd have been competitive, I'd say, wouldn't you think? I certainly do, mate. <laughs> hey, Norm, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate, and uh, taking a little bit of a trip down memory lane. All the best. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks very much, Trent. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Gee, that was a good chat with Norm. Really enjoyed that. And Andrew, he's maybe a little bit sheepish, sheepish about his uh, dogs in at Warnerville on Thursday night. You found them for us, though. Who are they? Yeah, so he's got Crimson Vixen in box one in race five and also Delta Rhodes' his other runner in that race. So that's uh, the Jade Weiss Memorial Final over the 450 metres to run at 7.31pm. They are the two favourites. They were the two heat winners paying $3.40 equal favourites. So uh, look out for Norm. And he did mention to me off air that his last eight starters have produced seven winners. Wow. <laughs> Not bad for a 78-year-old. That is a red-hot kennel. I'm struggling <laughs> to get out of bed and I'm half his age. Jeez, he's, he's absolutely flying, his Norm. Speaking of flying, the Watchdog is always flying. Andrew, you got some uh, winners for the past week for us? Yeah, so at sale on Saturday, the Watchdog had a terrific day training, uh, tipping, tipping seven out of 12 winners. And a couple of good winners on Monday as well. Shepparton, Nut, Nuts and Bolts at $3.40. And Sky Rising at Ballarat at paying $4.10. For all your Watchdog selections and free form guides, simply Google the Watchdog. Molly, over to you for the Litter of the Week. Now, I've found a kind of cruel red Freesia Bale litter. Now, I hope I've pronounced her name correctly. Um, This litter is bred by Ashley Welsh in Torquay. Now, um, the reason I identified this litter is because Freesia Bale is the mother of a smart young pup who's trained by Brooke Ennis. Um, the greyhound's name is Charging Yala. Now, Charging Yala is out of Solzanti, um, and it's also the first pup um, of this litter to have a start. He won his maiden at Sandown over the 529.65. He also got run down on Melbourne Cup night in the maiden final. Now, he got run down by a Born Ali pup um, by the name of Track of Time. Now, Born Ali is the mother of Bakali. So, Born Ali produced two winners from two different litters on Melbourne Cup night. So, that is an absolutely huge effort. But back to our litter of the week. Um, Freesia Bale is... Um, I believe they're going for the outcross through kind of cruel red. Um, he's American, son of Bellerin for red. There were 13 pups, can you believe it, born in this litter. Three dogs, 10 females. I spoke to Ashley this morning and he did say that unfortunately at the moment none of these pups will be for sale, but 
Look, I suppose you didn't say definitely. They're definitely not for sale, so I suppose anything is on the cards. But for all the latest Victorian litters and contact information, make sure you look in your latest edition of our Greyhound Monthly. What about a Gap Dog of the Week, Molly? I have identified a stunning boy by the name of Harley. He's two years old. He is white and blue and Gosh, he is adorable. He raced under the name I'm a Scholar for two starts and he um, recorded two fifth placings at Horsham. His nickname around the Gap Kennels is Happy Harley and they do tell me it's because he is always smiling. He is relaxed, he's affectionate and he just loves running around the backyard playing with toys. The girls tell me he's likely to suit a home with older children and also with full-time workers, which is a huge, huge plus. So if you think you have room for Harley in your home, make sure you contact Gap through their website, which is gap.grv.org.au. And look, if he um, attends the Adoption Day at Shepparton, I think he's going to be snapped up pretty quick because being a white and blue dog, I think he'll go in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that is the end of what has been a very big show. Thanks for uh, coming in and Uh, We'll do it all again next week. Thanks, Trent. Thanks, Trent. Want to hear Off the Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.